LW, K complexity is silly, use cross entropy instead by SO8 Rees. Welcome to the nonlinear library, where we use text to speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, K complexity is silly, use cross entropy instead, published by SO8 Rees on December 20, 2022 on Less Wrong. Short version. The K complexity of a function is the length of its shortest code. But having many many codes is another way to be simple. Example, gauge symmetries in physics. Correcting for length-weighted code frequency, we get an empirically better simplicity measure, cross-entropy. Long version. Suppose we have a, Turing-complete, programming language P, and a function f of the type that can be named by P. For example, f might be the function that takes, as input a list of numbers, and sorts it, by producing, as output, another list of numbers, with the property that the output list has the same elements as the input list, but in ascending order. Within the programming language P, there will be lots of different programs that represent F, such as a whole host of implementations of the bubble sort algorithm, and a whole host of implementations of the quicksort algorithm, and a whole host of implementations of the merge sort algorithm. Note the difference between the notion of the function, list sorting, and the programs that represent it, bubble sort, quicksort, merge sort. Recall that the Kolmogorov complexity of F in the language P is the length of the shortest program that represents F. K complexity F, equals argmin p p eval p equals f length p. This is often touted as a measure of the complexity of f, to the degree that people familiar with the concept often, colloquially, call a function f simple precisely to the degree that it has low k complexity. I claim that this is a bad definition, and propose the following alternative. Alt complexity f, equals log 2 p p eval p equals f rix 2 length p. Wherein log 2 denotes logarithm base 12, aka the negative of the, base 2, logarithm, and rixp2 denotes exponentiation base 12, aka the reciprocal of the, base 2, exponential. Note that we could just as easily use any other base b greater than 1e would be a particularly natural choice, as usual. Here I'm using 2, both because it fits with measuring the lengths of our programs in terms of bits, and because it keeps the numbers whole in our examples. Below, I'll explore this latter definition, and its elegance and theoretical superiority. Then I'll point out that our own laws of physics seem to have, comparatively, high k-complexity and low alt-complexity, thus giving empirical justification for my correction O. Investigation. A first observation is that the alt-complexity and the k-complexity agree whenever there is at most one program in P that represents F. If there's no program, then both equations are, positive, infinite. If there's exactly one program P asterisk P representing F, then P asterisk will be the only term in the argument and the only term in the, so the first definition will yield length P asterisk whereas the second definition will yield log 2 rix 2 length P asterisk, but log 2 and rix 2 are inverses, so both definitions yield length P asterisk. Thus, the definitions only differ when F has multiple programs in the language P. In that case, the alt complexity will be lower than the K complexity, as you may verify. As a simple example, Suppose there are two different programs P1, P2P that represent F, both of length 17. Then the K complexity of F is 17 bits, whereas the alt complexity of F is. Log 2 rixp 2 17 plus rixp 2 17 equals minus log 2 2 minus 17 plus 2 minus 17 equals minus log 2 2 minus 16 equals 16 bits. According to alt complexity, having two programs, of the same length, that represent F is just as good as having a single program that's one bit shorter. By a similar token, having 256 programs that are each n plus 8 bits long, is, according to alt complexity but not k complexity, just as good as having a single program that's n bits long. Why might this make sense? Well, 
suppose you're writing a program that, say, renders a certain 3D scene. You have to make some arbitrary choices to do the rendering, like choosing which point is the zero point, the center of the room, one of the eight corners, and how to orient the axes. Mathematicians and video game devs have different y-axis conventions, last I checked, and so on. Should these arbitrary choices count against the complexity of your code? They definitely make your code longer, but it's not obvious that they make your code fundamentally more complicated in the way that extra if statements and for loops do. In attempts to formalize this intuition, we might object, yes, we had to make some arbitrary choices in order to render the scene, but these choices don't matter. For every possible choice of these conventions, there's a similarly short program that renders my scene. Now, if you want to talk about the complexity of your code relative to a library that is hard-coded in some particular conventions, then it will be simpler to follow the same conventions, because only in that case do you get to avoid writing the conversions. But if we take your scene rendering code and the surrounding libraries as a whole package, then the point holds, for every choice of conventions, there's similarly simple code that renders the same scene. Cross-entropy. A second observation is that the alt complexity of f in the language p is precisely the cross entropy of the distribution p relative to the distribution f. Wait, what, you protest? p is a language, and f is a function. Yep, but we can promote both p and f to distributions in natural ways, and once we do, we see that this notion of alt complexity is exactly cross entropy. We turn a programming language p into a probability distribution on functions by saying that the probability of a function g is the probability that a randomly generated program is a representative of g. pg equals p p eval p equals g rixp 2 length p. Note that this equation, probably, works when you formalized your notion of programming language and the corresponding notion of length in convenient ways. If you didn't pick the most convenient definitions, you might need to tweak this equation, but I don't expect those tweaks to change the story much. Equivalently, the probability of a function g in a programming language p is taken to be the probability that Solomonoff induction assigns to g when using the language p. We turn a function f into a probability distribution on functions by taking the probability distribution that assigns 100% probability to f, and 0% probability to every other function. fg, equals 1 if g equals f0 otherwise. Then the cross entropy of p relative to f is defined as hf, p, equals f minus log 2p equals g minus fg log 2pg equals log 2pf, which is just the alt complexity of f, in the language p. So if our notion of complexity takes all the programs for f into account, instead of just the shortest one, then it says that the complexity of a function f is just the cross entropy of Solomonoff induction when f is the ground truth. In other words, the alt complexity of f is the degree of surprise, in bits, that Solomonoff induction, predicting a function, using your chosen programming language, would experience if f were true. Solomonoff induction. Solomonoff induction also offers a vote in favor of alt complexity over k complexity. I occasionally hear people say that Solomonoff induction concentrates probability mass on the hypothesis with lowest k complexity among those hypotheses that fit the data. This is false. Solomonoff induction concentrates probability mass on the hypothesis with lowest alt complexity among those hypotheses that fit the data. Low alt complexity happens to coincide with low k complexity pretty often, but whenever it doesn't, Solomonoff induction prefers alt simplicity to k simplicity. To see this, consider the case where a single 4-bit code predicts a 0, and three 5-bit codes predict a 1, and all other codes have been ruled out by the data, or are too long to make any difference to the current calculation. In this case, observe that the probability Solomonoff induction places on 1 exceeds the probability that Solomonoff induction places on 0, precisely because the alt-simplicity of 1 exceeds the alt-simplicity of 0-1. Elegance. 
when I noticed the intuition that you shouldn't be dinged for making an arbitrary choice of convention in your code, if every convention yields a similarly short program, I had the thought that there should obviously be some way to combine all of the lengths of all of the programs that represent a given function. Then log some risk formula above is the result of figuring out the most natural feeling weighting. Like, you can't just sum together all the lengths, as that would penalize a function for having more programs, which isn't what we want. So, follow the intuition that two 17-bit programs should be just about as good as one 16-bit program, and then ask how we must be combining lengths. Program lengths are, canonically, measured in bits, so by exponentiating them we get something that's intuitively more like the fraction of code space that's taken up by that program. This intuition is exact if we're using prefix-free codes. These are non-overlapping, and so we can sum them, and then take the logarithm to get back to bits of complexity. As an interesting historical note, it was only after that sequence of thoughts that I noticed that I'd reinvented both Solomonoff induction and, a special case of, cross-entropy. Of course, having familiarity with both those concepts probably helped me have the above sequence of thoughts as rapidly as I did, but this still felt to me like evidence of elegance. K-complexity is clearly a bit inelegant, and if you fix it in the way that it's begging to be fixed, you land squarely on other useful battle-hardened concepts. Empiricism. But perhaps this evidence of elegance is lost on you, as someone who didn't first work out the obvious correction to K-complexity, and then notice with personal delight that you'd reinvented cross-entropy or as someone who doesn't have pre-existing respect for Solomonoff induction. Or perhaps you just delight in more overwhelming evidence. In that case, I direct your attention to the laws of physics. As you may have heard, the laws of physics are relativistic. The most naive method of describing a physical configuration involves some arbitrary choices, such as a choice of where the origin is, is it between my eyes, or between yours, and a choice of orientation, and a choice of velocities. That's a lot of extra data. Fortunately for us, relativity guarantees that the universe can be described no matter which conventions we choose. The laws of physics are the same no matter what location we declare to be the origin, and no matter what trajectory we claim is at rest. A naive computer program that simulates classical relativistic physics makes all sorts of arbitrary choices, but for every way of making those choices there's a way of describing the universe such that the program still works, and so those arbitrary choices don't really count against us. Or, at least, they don't really count against us if we expect our universe to have low-alt complexity. Contentless choices of convention do count against k-complexity. Hold on, you might protest. In a naive representation of a classical relativistic universe, you have to choose an origin point. But there are other representations that don't contain the extra coordinate. For example, instead of saying each particle's position relative to some hallucinated origin point, I can tell you their positions relative to each other, and thus remove the redundancy. Perhaps this sort of thing can always be done when there's a redundancy, such physics does in fact have a k-complexity that's about as low as its alt-complexity. That's a fine hypothesis. Having stated it, you're presumably prepared to update against it, in the face of contrary evidence. Of which there's plenty. For one thing, even if you're giving the positions of particles relative to other particles, rather than to an origin, you still have a whole host of arbitrary choices to make, such as what order to walk through the particles in when you're producing all these relative positions. For another thing, the laws of physics just seem to be really very adamant about the idea that reality can only be specified relative to some arbitrary choices of convention, with the property that physics works no matter which arbitrary choice you make, but that you do have to make some choice. If I understand my physics correctly, this is more or less one of the core ideas at the heart of gauge theory, though, caveat, my grasp on gauge theory is more tenuous than my grasp on basic classical and quantum mechanics. Like, very roughly speaking, when you start trying to make quantum mechanics play nice with relativity, the laws of physics glance at the idea that you might need to specify an origin point, 
scoff, and then ask you to do also specify a continuous function from space-time to the unit circle. As a warm-up, it's the U1 part of the SU, 3, times SU, 2, times U1 symmetry, if I understand correctly. And, if I understand correctly, and again noting that my grasp on gauge theory is somewhat tenuous, you can't get away from picking some gauge, and this fact has real physical effects, such as photons too. If I'm understanding it correctly, physics really goes ham on the idea that you've got to make a whole lot of arbitrary choices before you can start describing a physical system at all. These choices wash out, in the sense that you can describe your system similarly easy no matter which choice you make, which is why I call them arbitrary, but it sure does look like physics itself is giving a strong vote in favor of alt-complexity over k-complexity. In other words, insofar as you buy Occam's razor, which says that reality itself is supposed to turn out to be simple, reality itself gets some say in what counts as simple. And it sure looks to me like reality has a lot more alt-simplicity than it has k-simplicity. And so k-complexity is just not a very good measure of the simplicity that actual physics actually possesses. Conjectures. I've long felt that algorithmic information theory is kinda janky and annoying. I conjecture that this is because it's using k-complexity instead of alt-complexity as one of its central notions. For instance, recall that Solomonoff induction doesn't converge on the hypothesis with lowest k-complexity. It converges on the hypothesis with lowest alt-complexity instead. If you want to prove something like Solomonoff induction converges on the hypothesis with lowest k-complexity, you'll have to construct some sort of awkward repeated game that's somehow driving a wedge between the shortest program and all the other competing programs, and then argue something about how the difference eventually gets arbitrarily small, or something. Which is tedious and kind of insane, compared to the theorem saying that Solomonoff induction converges on the hypothesis with lowest alt-complexity, which is practically by definition. I haven't looked much at algorithmic information theory texts since developing the idea of alt-complexity, but if my vague memories serve, lots of the theorems in algorithmic information theory felt to me like they were tedious and kinda insane in this way. I think there's a decent chance that a variety of theorems in algorithmic information theory could be cleaned up by replacing k-complexity with alt-complexity. This should at least be true of theorems relating algorithmic entropy to the notion of entropy used in other parts of information theory and in physics alt-complexity has a very simple and clean relationship to entropy. As noted above, the relationship between k-complexity and entropy is much more fraught, and probably requires some repetition-based wedge-driving crap. Edit, see Interstice's comment here, k-complexity and alt-complexity differ by at most a constant, that depends only on p and not on f, so the conversions can't be that bad and I now doubt that the difference accounts for as much annoyance as I originally conjectured. Though it still seems plausible to me that various theorems are obscured by the use of k-complexity instead of alt-complexity. Acknowledgements. I have been using a vague implicit concept of alt-complexity in my own notes for a number of years, but didn't develop the idea explicitly until a recent conversation with Adam Sherless right here on Less Wrong a couple months ago. You'll have to click see in context to see the whole comment thread. As an aside, I recommend reading that comment thread if you're interested in watching two people with different intuitions go back and forth until they successfully transmit their points to each other, and come away with more understanding, and cooler ideas, than either went in with. The primary thing we figured out together was not so much alt-complexity, as what entropy should mean and how it relates to complexity, but I also refine the concept of alt-complexity in that interaction. Thanks Adam. Takeaways. I have personally abandoned the concept of k-complexity, in favor of alt-complexity. I recommend it. In my own notes, I call this new concept complexity. Sometimes I call it p-complexity, where p is the programming language, when I want to make that dependence explicit. If complexity isn't specific enough to be unambiguous, I encourage commenters to brainstorm alternative names, before alt-complexity sticks. 
Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.